Here at the Master Nodes, we are not making any claims as to income you may earn. Before entering any agreement, please use caution and seek the advice of a professional advisor, such as attorney or financial advisor. Please ensure your own research is done before investing any money into the market. Hey, what's up, guys? How's everybody doing today? My name's Nestor Sanchez. It's my boy, Ryan Prendes. Hey, what's going on, guys? And we are the Master Nodes. As always, thank you guys for joining this today's podcast. Remember to follow and subscribe to our social media accounts. We have Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, Twitter. At, all of them are at the Master Nodes. And we also have our own personal social media accounts. Mine is going to be at Master Node one My boy is going to be at Rye the Crypto Guy. Um, we have our visual podcast experience on YouTube. And our audio podcast experience can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and all your other favorite podcast sources. Also, remember to check out our website. It's going to be www.themasternodes.com. Subscribe to that email list and receive the latest and greatest cryptocurrency information. We're dropping a lot of stuff on there. We're going to do vocab. We're going to be doing um, beginner guides, all the opinion good stuff columns. that you opinion columns, market rundowns. All the good stuff that you guys need to know in order to be an educated investor. So we're just going to jump straight into it. As you already know, we go over the news of the week. So we're actually doing something a little bit different this week. Uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum's prices are going to be the all-time highs of the week. So this week, Bitcoin hit an all-time high of 66970 for its weekly all-time high. And Ethereum hit a weekly all-time high of 4366 we saw a nice little pump in Bitcoin since the last podcast of it actually beating its yearly all-time high. So shout out to Bitcoin for, for making them power moves and really, really changing up the game. So for our news of the week, in a report done by Coindesk, they reported a flipping of the script. Terraform Labs, the creator of TerraCoin, which is a blockchain protocol company that uses stablecoins to power its global payment system, is suing the Securities and Exchange Commission or the SEC. The SEC is getting sued, not the other way around. The lawsuit was filed Friday with Terraform Labs contesting the subpoenas issued by the SEC following a dialogue concerning Mirror Protocol, a decentralized finance protocol built on Terra, which allows users to trade synthetic assets that track the price movements of real assets, such as shares of Netflix or Tesla. As we all know, the SEC has increasingly stepped up its pressure on crypto firms that are potentially or can potentially be selling unregistered securities. The reason Terra is suing the SEC is not only to dispute the subpoena, but they are also claiming that the SEC violated its own rules by hiring an outside private processing service to deliver the subpoena at a crowded conference by the means of public intimidation and embarrassment to the founders of Terra. So Nestor, what do you think about this? So I think um, the whole synthetic stock stuff is very interesting. And I think that's kind of where the SEC has problems because it is an asset that I guess they, they claim is unregistered. Mm -hmm. And um, it's pretty interesting. Imagine if we're able to trade stocks, um, just me and you, right? If I were to be like, oh, you know, thanks for hooking it up for lunch. Here's $20 worth of Netflix stock. That would be crazy to be able to um, exchange stocks like that. And not only that um, for me and you, but it could be from me to somebody in Africa or to someone in Europe or someone in Asia. And we're able to then um, basically send assets 
across the globe that track those similar um, that asset. So that's pretty interesting how they're doing that. Um, I think there's also other tokens that do that as well. I think one of them is called Synth. But um, those are pretty interesting uh, things that we're able to now do with this cryptocurrency market. But, you know, the SEC has never seen something like this before. So um, it's pretty interesting how they're handling it, right? So they're Um, scrambling. Yeah, they're scrambling, definitely. Um, And I feel like these are just going to set new precedents for the the later on things that are going to happen when they're going to start creating more of these synthetic assets they're probably going to do it for gold they're probably going to do it for silver you know all precious metals most likely the stock markets commodities markets so they're going to be able to do this with all these different things and um, this lawsuit is going to bring up the rules as the rule book as to like okay this is how the terra um, lawsuit was handled let's see how we're going to handle this one synth and we're going to able to set those precedents with that but yeah this is the, the new space that we're all joining um, this is interesting to see how this is going to play out but i found it interesting how it was like tara is actually suing the sec over this stuff so they're like you know um how they i guess try to humiliate them intimidate them by doing it publicly which is pretty jacked up if you ask me but, um, you know, that's pretty interesting, like, why they decided to do that. I have no clue. But um, we're going to see what happens with this space, with with this lawsuit. I, I kind of hope that Tara wins, not even going to lie. I personally believe that the SEC has been struggling, like, struggling to keep up with their cases. And it's just gotten to a point now where they kind of look like a joke. <laughs> like I'm not going to lie. And I feel like they just need, they're looking for like something solid, something solid that they can pin someone with and say, okay, we got this one. Like this, this is in our bag. We got them. We're, we're, we're going to win. And so that's why they're, you know, issuing all these subpoenas to all these different cryptocurrency companies, because I feel like they just need that dub. They need that satisfaction of like, like saying, you know, okay, we finally got a company now that we have one, we, it's like the domino effect. So then they're, they're they're like, we could use uh, this precedence in other court cases. So that way we could win those court cases as well. So they're really just kind of setting themselves up for either really good success or really bad failure. Yeah, definitely. Um, so now we're going to switch things up. We're going to talk about today's topic, which is smart contracts and interoperability. Now, these are some big, big things. We're going to kind of break it down for y'all, um, let you guys know how they work, what they are. We're going to talk about smart contracts right now, which are kind of like the lifeblood to any decentralized finance or any decentralized exchange um, in the sense that it basically lets fin- it's a financial service with no central authority which can be used to kind of lend money or borrow money. Um, It doesn't have to necessarily do with money, but it's a decentralized service that kind of um, is the middleman that lets you do more complicated contracts. So they basically don't need any intermediaries. um, And this has never happened before. So with Bitcoin, it was the start of any decentralized um, finance system, um, which didn't require one central authority. Um, Basically, any other time before that, financial institutions were acting as this middleman. Um, They gave these institutions immense power because basically our money is flowing through them to get to the other person. 
Um, smart contracts basically are now able to replace financial institutions in a transaction. Um, the smart contract is a program that's stored on a blockchain account that can hold funds, send, rent, send funds, receive funds, even refund them based on certain criteria or certain conditions that happen. So once a smart contract is live, no one can change it or replace it or um, do something like that because it's always gonna be run as programmed so that both sides know exactly what's happening. Um, contracts are also public to anyone to inspect and audit, which means bad contracts will often come under community scrutiny um, pretty quickly because people are looking through it, making sure that um, it's good or bad because why would you want to have a smart contract that's flawed? You would not want to be um, using that contract or transacting with it because it could end up in a loss of funds. So um, if they the community feels like they're not doing smart contracts the right way or they're doing a lot of loopholes on purpose, then what they're gonna do is it could even end up, end up being so that um, the IP host of that contract being barred from submitting any additional contracts. Um, sometimes it's for a short period of time. Um, sometimes it could be for good, depending on the situation. Yeah, so that kind of goes over what smart contracts are. We're also gonna go over what interoperability is. So in interoperability is essentially the ability to see and access information across various systems. Uh, specifically in this case, we're talking about blockchain systems. It also is the ability of different decentralized networks to communicate with one another without any intermediaries. Right now, Bitcoin is not able to interact with any other blockchains and their projects. That is why we have Wrap Bitcoin, which represents Bitcoin on Ethereum's blockchain and allows for Bitcoin users to utilize DeFi projects without having to sell their Bitcoin. And speaking about Bitcoin, we're actually going to be going into multiple cryptocurrencies that have different interoperabilities that you guys could utilize today. Yeah, one of them being uh, Polkadot. Uh, um, this one has had a lot of hype since I think last year. Uh, my mom got into it. <laughs> she was uh, very interested. She's like, oh, what's this Polkadot thing? And I was thinking, I, I have no clue. You know, I thought it was for, for fashion or something. So Polkadot is a cryptocurrency that enables cross-chain um, transfers of any type of data or asset, not just tokens. Um, basically, connecting to Polkadot gives you the ability to interoperate with a wide variety of blockchains in the Polygon, I mean, the Polkadot network. Um, Polkadot enables external networks as well as customized layer one parachains to communicate using the interconnected internet of blockchains. So it uses um, these parachains to basically um, connect all these different types of blockchains in order to have one cohesive type of um, environment. So you could connect different types of blockchains and utilize them together. So by bringing together the best features from multiple blockchains that all serve their own purpose, Polkadot basically paves the way for a new type of decentralized markets to emerge and it'll kind of offer fairer ways to access these different services through different varieties of apps and providers. So if you have all the, the blockchains in one kind of place, you don't have to worry about, oh man, now I have to move all my money from one blockchain to the other. Well, they're all connected here, so it's a little bit easier. Um, Polkadot also uses proof of stake, which users can stake their cryptocurrency, 
Polkadot also lets its users vote on any upgrades when those upgrades are put into action. They do not actually cause any forks, unlike other cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin and Ethereum. So with Bitcoin, we've had Bitcoin SV, we've had Bitcoin Lite, we've had Bitcoin Gold. There's so many different types of Bitcoins that are hard forks. And with Ethereum as well, in order for them to upgrade, they actually have to do hard forks. So one of them recently was the London upgrade. That was its most recent kind of hard fork that implemented some new rules that we're actually going to talk about, I think, on the next podcast. Another cryptocurrency we're going to be talking about is Chainlink. So Chainlink is a cryptocurrency aiming to incentivize a global network of computers to provide reliable real world data to smart contracts running on top of blockchains. What makes Chainlink interoperable is its cross-chain interoperability protocol, or its CCIP. Chainlink CCIP provides a universal utility for developers to build secure services and applications that could send messages, transfer tokens, and initiate actions across multiple networks at the same time. Chainlink CCIP provides a single messaging interface for all cross-chain communication. It enables easy integration into smart contract applications with only a few lines of code, ensuring developers don't waste effort and time in writing custom code to integrate separately into each different blockchain. Why is this so important? So this is also why Ethereum was created. Uh, People want simplicity. They don't want to waste their time and effort in, you know, creating multiple lines of code for multiple different blockchain services. So what Chainlink is doing is they are essentially creating a dApp that can make it easy for creating smart contracts on multiple blockchains that could be sent out all at the same time, saving the user time, money, and resources which makes them more willing to utilize it. Chainlink allows data to be sent across multiple blockchain networks that can be encoded and decoded, providing developers a large degree of flexibility while eliminating the complexity in building chain-specific integrations. Chainlink allows for optimized yield harvesting. It also allows for collateral that can be deposited in smart contracts. They have transaction data that can be processed at a high rate. And it could allow for developers to build applications that can transfer tokens, allowing for development of new types of cross-chain token-based applications in the future. All right, guys, that concludes our podcast. As always, thank you guys for joining. Remember to follow our social media accounts. We have Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. Also our Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. All that good stuff can be found. Um, For you guys, make sure to visit our website, www.themasternodes.com, and subscribe to our email list, where we're going to have a lot of great information for you guys. And today's featured testimonial is going to be from Gabriel Cabrera. Basically, he's saying crypto is a valuable asset to learn about, especially in the upcoming years, as it begins to be adopted into our everyday lives. Nestor and Ryan are well-informed and can get you started on creating a foundation to your investments in cryptocurrency. So thank you, Gabe. Remember, guys, if we taught you anything valuable, you guys can always drop those testimonials for us in the comment section, anywhere. But we really appreciate you guys. Also, for our podcast, we're going to be sitting down with a good friend of ours, Alejandra, and going over kind of concerns about the market or general crypto topics that we feel you guys have a lot of questions on. So we want to make sure those are answered. 
So yeah, that, that kind of wraps up today's podcast. Thank you guys for joining and tapping in with us. And remember to always stay up and bless up. Yes, sir. Do your best to try and choose kindness to make somebody's day.